Welcome to the Jesus the Game Changer podcast from Olive Tree Media, hosted by Carl Fays. In today's podcast, Toby Hall, CEO of St. Vincent's Health in Sydney, Australia, talks about the Christian foundation of their hospital and its goal to provide medical care to poor and rich alike. So Toby, give us a, a picture of the size and the scope of St. Vincent's Health. So we operate with uh, 28 uh, facilities across Australia. We've got 18,000 people and our turnover is just over 2 billion. And in context, we're the second largest health provider in Australia and actually the largest non-profit organisation. I mean, the size and scope of that is just enormous. And Sister Claire and the Sisters of Charity have kind of values that started the hospital. And how do you hold those values now? We talk to people about the healing ministry of Jesus and that everyone in the organisation is part of the healing ministry, whether you're a cleaner, whether you're the best surgeon in the place. We're all on the same mission, and it's to say that any action towards healing is actually part of God's kingdom. It's part of what his work is. And we try and encourage people to say, that's who we are. You don't necessarily need to believe exactly what we believe, but that's what we're about. And if you're here, you're part of that, and that's what we do. Do you, do you see that attitude kind of leaking through the, the system? Like people are passionate about the values. Now, for the Christians, they can get the healing ministry of Jesus and talk about it. And we've obviously got a lot of Catholic staff, but we've got a lot of non-Christian staff as well. And from their perspective, they, they know there's something different. There's something special about St. Vincent's, which is a culture which says, this is more than just clinical excellence. And we, we lead in a number of areas clinically, but it's actually about the care for people. And when you bring the ministry in as well, having pastoral carers, having mission teams, it brings a whole different dynamic. Now, people don't always get that, but the fact is it's who we are and people respect it. And you can talk about Jesus openly. You can talk about his healing work openly and everyone just accepts that's part of who we are. You're a CEO of this large organisation, massive turnover, and you have a board. How do you balance up a CEO's role with the mission of the Sisters of Charity and a medical institution? My, my message to our board and actually the Sisters is that the number one thing we've got to get right if we believe in strategy is actually staying true to the mission of the healing ministry of Jesus. And we, we could be the best hospital group in Australia and fail on that mission. And if we fail on that mission, we're not doing our job. And so one of the key things we've got to do, particularly as the sisters move into the background, which will happen over the next few years, is actually install a formation program for all our people to understand our history, what the healing ministry of Jesus means and how they live it out. Now, we play that out right across the organisation. So from our board down, there's quite an intensive program of formation. And for my team, for instance, they have to put 10 days a year into spiritual formation to understand who we are. That doesn't happen to everyone in the organisation, but right through the organisation, that's part of people's life. So obviously, as you said, not everybody follows the same kind of construct of faith, of Christian faith. Does that ever become a point of tension? We're pretty clear with people when they join us. And, and obviously, ethically, there's some things that we don't do from a healthcare point of view. So family planning is not part of what we do. We don't do any IVF type activity anywhere within the group. Uh, clearly, we're very precious about caring for people at their end of life. And we say to people, this is who we are. If you want to be part of us, that's not changing. It's not going anywhere. It's going to carry on being part of who we are. And people respect that. Uh, we put a lot of work into ethics. We've got some of the best ethicists in the country. So when there's complex medical issues, and some of them are very, very complex, we've got experts in ethics who can help guide our doctors. And quite often there'll be an issue where they can phone the ethicist 24 hours a day to say, look, we've got this issue. How do we deal with it? And the goal is to say to people, 
this is us. If you're happy being on board with us, that's great. If you're not, you know, there's plenty of other places to go and work. Is St Vincent's Health and your role on the board, are you seeking to kind of bring an influence to the broader Australian community in the areas of ethics and health? Yeah, absolutely. And a good example at the moment is in, in this hospital, we're in, King, in King's Cross, and we've been doing a lot of work on alcohol reform in this area. And our view is that that's part of bringing the healing ministry of Jesus into the community. There's been a huge amount of negative damage to people in this community from alcohol over a number of years. By some changes in the legislation, our team's been part of the alcohol presentations have gone down nearly 50% for head traumas. That, that's people not dying, families not having to be told about their kids passing away, violence not happening on the streets, and that's part of extending into the community, but also with government saying that there is a place for faith-based activity, and they know we do stuff differently. They don't necessarily get it, but they understand that it works. And so we try and bring that into everything we do, but we want to be an influence outside into government in terms of their policies. And when it comes to things like euthanasia, we'll speak very clearly to the government, but actually there are absolute alternatives to euthanasia-based programs. Good palliative care can help people have a great end of life if it's done well. And a lot of the stuff which is peddled by people in the outside world, not really based on evidence, we've got a great team of people who are experts in it who can say to government, you don't have to go down the route. This is the medical facts that you can follow. We put a lot of effort into that. In Western nations, uh, there often is a kind of a seemingly a conflict between faith-based organisation and the government and the whole separation of church and state. Where do you see St Vincent's Health crossing that? Well, it's interesting. We're actually in a position where actually the government has to respect the range of decisions we make or does respect them at the moment. So every other public hospital in the country pretty much offers uh, family planning services. We don't. And the government respects that. And they also respect that we've probably got a different angle on a range of issues and so they'll listen to our perspective from a faith-based point of view and they know they get added value. And I, I remember talking to one of the ex-prime ministers about this, who, who's given a lot of big contracts to non-profit Christian organisations, and he said, we've done it because the evidence is showing you actually deliver more for the same amount of money. We don't necessarily understand why, and we don't necessarily believe it, but we're prepared to support it. And my view is that a lot of faith-based organisations add value. We get volunteers who are part of the work we do. We actually get people who are passionate. They want to be here. It's their life. It's a calling. And so you get a different level of effort and different outcome. So I do think we do more. We deliver more. And in Australia, it's a big fabric in society. There's about probably 25% of the health industry in Australia is made up of Christian organisations. That's pretty impressive, really. For you as a leader, how does, how does faith and your personal faith influence the way you lead? I think you've got to be very careful about not inflicting your faith on other people. And I think it's basically trying to guide people and say, look, this is what I believe, this is how I try and live my life. You know, I might get it wrong sometimes and you can call me on that when I do. But also, I try and say to people, it's okay to express faith in the workplace. It's okay for us to talk about Jesus because it's part of who we are at this organisation. It's okay to be out there in public about it. And generally people, I think, find that hard at first, but once they've got into it, they can flourish in an environment like this. They're free to actually express their faith and their beliefs. And I generally find it's better to let people 
explore that for themselves than me tell them. And hopefully when you give people grace and space to do that, they'll find their own journey and they'll find their way to something which works for them. Does Jesus' teaching influence kind of how you lead, the kind of attitude you bring to leadership, the, the way you unfold leadership? Yeah, for me, the, the number one thing about Jesus' teaching is, is essentially grace and mercy need to be extended to everyone. And that is the homeless person who's coming in here for the hundredth time, having drunk too much for the hundredth time, through to a staff member who gets something wrong, through to me when I get something wrong. And that heart of grace that you see flowing through his ministry, where he says to people, there's a better way, and I'm gonna tell you when you got something wrong, and I'll try and identify the better way. To me, I think that's a great way of bringing leadership to bear in a Christian way for people. And I think it's always pointing to grace and there is a better way and a different way and helping point people in that direction. But you can never make them go down that road. You've got to show them the way and hopefully they'll go down the road. You just, you just said something about the sort of people that come and St Vincent's when it was started at Potts Point was for the poor. What's the mix of people? Because St Vincent's private is often seen as kind of the top end medical care. Yep. What's the span of people that you look after okay, here? Well, on this campus, basically, we would offer services to probably some of the wealthiest people in Australia and a private hospital is probably regarded as the best in Australia. Through to services which are dedicated to the homeless, literally 30 feet away from here there's a specialist service looking after homeless people with alcohol problems. So we, we span everything and it's really important to understand the healing ministry of Jesus is for everyone. It's not just for the poor. The rich and the wealthy need it both spiritually and physically as much as the poor need it spiritually and physically. So we believe in offering services to everyone. We also think God's pretty good as a provider and that those wealthy people are very good at helping provide for the poorer people. And we, we, uh, we actually yesterday turned the soil for a new building and our wealthy local residents have given $25 million towards that facility to help grow health services here. And that will help deliver more outcomes for poorer people in this community. And this hospital is in a unique place where we probably have got one of the biggest uh, congregations of homeless people in Australia, literally on our doorstep. And we serve them, and equally we're in a community which we've got incredibly wealthy people, we serve them too. What do you think that does for your staff, dealing with both the wealthiest and kind of the poorest? It's really interesting, you get this contradiction from people and again, people question again and again, it's probably the most normal question I'm asked is, how can we be offering these services to these wealthy people? But they're no different from the poor people, their economic status is not what it's about. Jesus never said, I'm only here to minister to the poor. He actually was there to minister to everyone. He ministered to wealthy people, he talked to Zacchaeus, the tax collector, and he talked to people who are on the street who are blind with illness. He worked with everyone. And we have to have the same approach, and the sisters have really embedded that. They, the sisters set up the first private hospital in Australia and they did it deliberately because back in those days doctors actually worked for free so in the public system doctors didn't get paid and they wanted a way that the doctors could earn a living to serve the poor and so the easiest way of doing that was set up a private hospital and so they set up the first private hospital to allow the doctors to earn a living but the whole purpose was to allow them to serve the rich and the poor but particularly understanding God's ministry is for everyone. It's not for someone just because of their economic status. It's remarkable, isn't it, that the private hospital system actually came out of the heart of the sisters as well? Yep, oh, absolutely. And a lot of people still find that challenging. Even on the board, we have discussions about it because people look at it and say, 
we've got these amazing private hospitals and, and their, their facilities and the equipment is some of the best in the country, some of the top surgeons in the country are working there. But those same surgeons will work in that private hospital serving some of the richest people in the country and work in this hospital serving some of the poorest. And some of them are giving up income to allow themselves to serve the poor and that's the heart of who we are. And again, it comes down to the fact that Jesus' work was for everyone and we need to bring that ministry to everyone and so we don't discriminate at all. This series is called Jesus the Game Changer. If I said to you, Toby, so how do you see Jesus the Game Changer? What do you, would you say? The foundation of health in Australia was from Christian organisations. The foundation of the hospital system in Australia was from Christian organisations. It's crazy to look at five sisters who came 175 years ago off a boat. They've set up and run the second biggest health organisation in the country. That doesn't happen by chance. And what they're saying is, is that they believe in the healing ministry of Jesus, they're passionate about it. And when you get people who are passionate about his ministry, it grows, it works, it develops. The development we'll be doing in the next 10 years is significant and it's because we've got a mission and we want to extend that mission. We want to tell people it is about the healing ministry of Jesus. So I believe that's part of Australian society. We can't deny it. It's a core part of who we are, whether it's education, whether it's health or the non-profit system. The predominance of providers who are caring for others in society are Christians and that's who we are. And I think that's what Jesus has brought to change the game in Australia. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the radio, video and podcast ministry of Olive Tree Media, visit olivetreemedia.com.au forward slash donate.